This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. Tom Schreier couldn't be here today, but that's okay. We got our friend Ryan Hickey, the co-host of the Blue Horseshoe. That's an Odyssey Brother podcast. They cover the Colts. We cover the Vikings. The Vikings and the Colts play this week on national television. So I think me and Ryan were shooting the breeze before we started pitching record. The NFL can't get enough of the Colts over the past couple of months, it it seems. Um, It's like a car crash. People can't turn away, right? I guess that's a good point, Dean, because I'm just trying to sit there and wonder, like, all right, you have a Monday night game, another Monday night game coming up here in a few weeks, a Sunday night game. It's like, please get them off. And like you're right, maybe that's the reason why they flex them in a Saturday because it's just so bad. People want to watch a bad team. How how has this season been, right? Because from a, from a 30,000 foot view perspective, like from an outsider's perspective, the the Jeff Saturday news couldn't have come out of left field more. Like, was that how it was in the echo chamber that is Indianapolis in the Colts beat? Like, was that a surprise to you guys just as much as it was to, I think, nationally? Shocking. Like, we, we had a... I guess an idea or an inkling that um, Frank Reich would be fired. At least, right. at least both myself and George thought, okay, it's not his fault. So we didn't at least anticipate the firing coming after the New England game, which I believe was week number nine, but it wasn't like exactly like a total surprise, but the entire emergency pod we did after that was, was just on Jeff Saturday alone. And basically like you almost forgot Frank Reich was fired because the hiring was so crazy out of left field, surprising that it trumped anything in terms of Frank Reich, you know, actually getting fired. Was it a good move or not? That, was so bizarre. So I still can't, you know, as we're sitting here, as he's done four games or coached four games, it still makes no sense, Dean. But that was as shocked as you guys were. I think it was maybe even tenfold uh, in Indy. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause like on one hand, like Frank Reich's hiring or firing was surprising in and of itself for me. And then I forgot it even happened because like, bang, <laughs> Jeff Saturday's the coach. Like, how, how has he performed? Over the over the last month, in in your opinion, I, I know there was you know, he wanted that timeout back um, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Um, kind of came out and said it after the game um, that he wouldn't do anything different than a day later said he would. Like how 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 do you think he's handled the transition from like high school football coach, ESPN analyst to NFL football coach coaching every Sunday? It's tough to answer that, Dave, because in one aspect, he has done a lot better than I ever could anticipate it. Just part because, like I said, his experience is basically zero. Yeah. That it's like, I had no idea what to expect. I thought he outcoached Joshua Daniels in his first game when they beat the mm-hmm. Raiders. And even the next game they played Philly, Colts were in that game in the leading, you know, most of it before Philly did come back late in the game and win. So it's like for the first two games, at least until that Pittsburgh game on Monday night in week three, or the, excuse me, his third game as a head coach, mm-hmm. that you kind of said so the two-minute uh, debacle and the timeout usage or lack thereof, that was really the first moment where it's like, wow, this guy, you know, really had a, a bad blunder. But it took three games. So in one aspect, it's like, okay, that's pretty good considering his experience. So overall, with expectations basically being as low as they possibly could, I would say better than anticipated. But also with that said, Dane, the tough part is I don't really know what he's doing. Like when you yeah. bring in a guy outside, he's not picking coordinators. Like he's not changing the, the play calls or changing the offensive or defensive schemes. He basically just kind of keeping <clears throat> things going. So it's tough to even evaluate from a head coach perspective how 
well of a job he's doing because there wasn't much for him to change. Like outside of the Colts getting off to a little bit faster start, like that was a notorious thing this year. Frank Reich, they were one of the worst first half teams in all the NFL. Mm-hmm. We've gotten off to a little bit better start. But myself and, and my co-host George Bremer, the thing we kept harping on was just the Colts are losing and they're one and three in his four games. They're losing the same ways that when Frank Reich was there. So it's not like he's really changing a lot because their turnovers are still an issue. You know, this, even though they're better in the first half, it's still pretty slow and not great. And it's still like come crunch time. They're still not making plays they need to make in order to win the game. So the Colts overall as a team, for the most part, are pretty much the same, even though the head coach has changed. But so it's it's tough just because like we bring a guy midway through. He can't put any really fingerprints on it. I guess the biggest thing you say is the offensive line got a little better. So that's a bonus. But I guess overall better than expected because the ball was just so low where it's just like he's at least looking competent, I guess, and not making it a total clown show. For sure. It's weird because the Colts are four, eight, and one, like a team that should be irrelevant. But I have so many questions about them. Jeff Saturday. Now I want to ask you about Matt Ryan. He he was the starter, then he was the backup. Now he's the starter again. Um, looked like his brain broke in the fourth quarter against Dallas. Like, how how do you even digest Matt Ryan's season to this point, knowing it's been kind of up and down, starter, backup, starter? And looking like it's probably on his last legs for what has been a, a pretty damn good career. You said it. I thought he's going to be a little bit better than he turned out to be. Like I thought like the last, let's say, two years of decline in Atlanta was just because the team around him was so bad that I thought, okay, you come to a better team, a little bit of rejuvenation with a new scene that he'll be, mm-hmm. you know, a top, maybe top 10 quarterback in terms of stats. Maybe not actually like, oh, that's a top 10 guy, but I thought he could put up some good touchdown numbers, passing numbers. So I think he's been a disappointment. The only thing I'll say about Matt Ryan in his defense, a lot like he's not alone. Like the offensive line this year has been horrendous. So he's mm-hmm. been getting pressured a ton. He's been getting sacked a lot. Um, especially early on, his receivers, a lot of them were inexperienced outside of Michael Pittman Jr. So it's like it's a, they got off to a slow start in part because there's so many young guys and new guys trying to fit in. So he definitely like there's reasons why they're losing outside of him, but the turnovers, Dan, are just inexcusable. Like they they brought him in basically saying. He's the anti-Carson Wentz. He's going to make good decisions. He's not going to put the ball in harm's way. And the Colts really thought as long as we have basically, for lack of a better word, a game manager, a quarterback, this mm-hmm. offense is going to be good enough to where they should win the division, should win 10 games. Um, mm-hmm. You see the defense is holding up there into the bargain, but Matt Ryan's turnovers, I mean, guys like triple the amount Carson Wentz has had. So it's just like you bring him in for the main priority being good decision-making, taking the layups is what they kept talking about, making easy throws. And it's been anything but guys leading the league in fumbles. I think second in interceptions. It's been league leader in turnovers. It's been a mess and a big disappointment. Do you think that's because he can't do the things that he wants good? And you see it a lot of times across sports, not just football. Some guys who were great for so long, their body can't do the things that that they used that they used to be able to do. Is it that, or is it just trying to do too much with, with pressure constantly in his face and, and, and weapons kind of going going down around him? For the most part, I'd say it's, a, it's the latter. It's trying to do too much, almost trying to play hero ball a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. Obviously, like he's 37 years old, so his mobility's not there. So when the offense line is caving mm-hmm. in, he can't escape. So he's getting hit a lot, and I think that's also sped him up a little bit to where now he's starting to make decisions faster than maybe he should just because he doesn't trust the offensive line. And I can't say you blame him because they've not been very good this year. Um, but it's like physically his arm is still pretty good. Like he can still make some good deep throws. So it's not like, mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, the tail end of Ben Roethlisberger's career where it's kind of like, Oh, you kind of see like the decline and the arm is not there. But also at the same time, like I, I do think in his own head, he knows he can't get you know away from the rush. 
So that, and also we can't trust the run game, but the Colts were promising, you know, have a, a top five run game with Jonathan Taylor. They've not been able to establish that. So now it's on his shoulders. They're throwing the ball a ton more than they anticipated for sure. So I think he almost, he kind of is doing what Carson Wentz did last year, which is kind of, Oh, let me play hero ball. Let me like make the big play. And that's leading to turnovers, sacks, fumbles, bad decisions, and a four, eight and one season so far. Has the, the inconsistency of the run game. I know Jonathan Taylor was banged up a little bit mid, early in the season, mid-season. Has that surprised you? Has, has the inconsistency of the run game coupled with the porousness of the offensive line, has that been a surprise? Because I feel like, at least from a national perspective, Indy has been you know, one of the teams that you look at as that's a great offensive line, that's a run game that's always going to get it done. Absolutely. I mean, this is the highest-paid offensive line. You know, there are three core guys in Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly have all regressed this year for sure. More definitely Nelson and Ryan Kelly for sure on the left guard and center position. So, yeah, like that's I thought you could hang your hat on for sure is running the ball. Like last year, they didn't really trust Carson Wentz to do a lot. So it was still yeah. a predominantly run team. And they still were, I think, number two, or number one in terms of team rushing. John Taylor led the league in rushing yards. So it's like they were able to establish a run even when last year everyone knew they're running the ball to have success. Right. So I thought, okay, with Matt Ryan there again, making easy throws, that should, the run game should get better. And it's only gotten worse. Like I said, Jonathan Taylor being banged up doesn't help, but the offensive line just taking a massive step back. It's weird, Dink, because it is definitely surprising and something that I did not see coming. But yeah. also, at the same time, you look at the two positions that aren't kind of anchors, left tackle and right guard, they're basically Band-Aids. And left tackle especially. They, they put a guy in Matt Pryor who was a perennial backup, and most of the time when he did play was uh, either at right tackle or in a guard position. They thought, yeah, he'll be our left tackle this year, no problem, with a 37-year-old quarterback. As you can imagine, it's been a disaster. So it's like that area a little bit is the only part where it's like a little bit realistic and not surprising that they've stunk this year uh, mm-hmm. because they just completely <clears throat> thought the left tackle position is, I guess, irrelevant in, in some aspects. But for the most part, Quentin Nelson took a big step back. Rock Kelly took a big step back. Braden Smith took a step back. So it's shocking when you have the amount of money put in and how bad they performed. It's something I didn't see coming. How are the fans handling this? Because, like, Indy in this division looked like, at least at the beginning of the year, like, it's theirs to win. Yeah. Are fans ready for, for a teardown? Or, for, you know, I, I hesitate to ask that because fans' bases generally don't like rebuilds. But are they ready to kind of see something new? Or how have they handled this season, which has been – below expectations i can imagine oh they are ready for some new dane okay it's i think me and george were in the minority of just like not putting everything on frank reich early in the year when people wanted to fire after week one when they tie the texans so kind of the swords have been out for frank reich they're out now for chris bauer they want him fired i wouldn't say rebuild per se but they want a quarterback and i can't blame them because i mean look ever since andrew luck i know it's been a small step aside so and the colts fans have been you know spoiled my myself included as a colts fan uh first and foremost like you had Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. Yeah. Outside of the Packers, no one else is doing that. And no one else has really had a, a two-decade-long run of sustained great quarterback play. So uh, there's no violin playing, right, for Colts fans when you can't figure out a quarterback for, let's say, the last four or five years. But that said, it, like the Band-Aids, I will say, people are sick of. So that's now really ever since Frank Reich was fired and really ever since they lost to Tennessee the second time in Week 7, sure. it's been lose every game, <clears throat> tank it up, forget the playoffs, let's go and get – you know, a, a real answer at quarterback. So that's the, the, the basic, basic, um, the biggest motivation for fans. Like, I'll be honest, Dane, like we, myself and George now, we barely talk about the season at this point. Like yeah. we're going to do our podcast later or preview later today. 
out of the three seconds to do one will be about the Vikings. It'll be a small one just because like people care about the draft, which you're going to do. People care about quarterbacks, head coach. It's like this, this season, the last four games is irrelevant in terms of Colts fans actually caring about winning. It's a good segue. We haven't even talked about the game yet. When we come back, we'll talk about Vikings Colts at us bank stadium noon on Saturday, national TV, uh, more on that when we come back. <laughs> 